I'm Jessica. I'm Sonia. And I'm Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. Like our name says, we drink too much and have an opinion on everything. Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Books and Booze, where the opinionated lushes get to meet some indie authors and have them read a little bit of their work. I'm going to throw it to Dawn so that she can introduce this week's author. Hey, everyone, and let's give a nice warm welcome to Lizzie. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? I'm excited. Wow, we are excited to have you. Um, so you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how long you've been an author, um, do you have any pets? I, we are obsessed with pets in our houses, so. <laughs> totally, yes, absolutely. So, well, let me start with the pets. Um, <laughs> I have two bunnies and a bird, because my oldest oh. is allergic to dogs and cats. So, I have a bunny. Oh, I and his name is Tequila. Tequila? Oh, my God. <laughs> That yes. is adorable. And then we recently oh, okay. got two gerbils, and oh. their names are Whiskey and Rummy. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. And then That's I have a awesome. dog named Mater, um, as in oh, Tuh Mater without the Tuh. Yeah, I and, Yep. Yep. And then a bunch of fish, and don't ask me their names. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some fish, too, and we had a hamster once, but, you know, the the... They don't last as long as you want them to, unfortunately. They don't. So, yeah. But um, but I love our buns, our rescues. One of them has three legs, um, but he's adorable. <laughs> and um, so their names are Dax and Darcy, and they're really cute. Um, I put a picture on Instagram this morning, so if you guys want to look it up, <laughs> they're in there. I will look that up. Yeah. I'm obsessed with buns. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, oh, about me. Sorry. Um, so no, I'm good. I'm originally from Detroit. I live in California. I'm an LA girl for many, many years now. Um, did a pit stop in Tucson, which I loved. Uh, <laughs> and um, I am have been an author for well over a decade now. Um, I started with YA though, and I've been with a couple different small presses, and then I switched to adult. I was with the small press, and I still do work with them, but this new release that I'm putting out is self-published. Um, and I have a couple of YA that I had previously self-published. So I'm kind of a hybrid author, I guess. Yeah. Um, we love that. 
Yeah, so it's it's really cool. It's really fun. And um, my other side is I'm actually an editor at the Small Press, and I am a psychic, so I practice that too. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you are like multifaceted. That. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't give anything up. I love it all. <laughs> Why would we ask you to give any of it up? Like you should be able to do it all. Yeah. I just, I have three kids too, two are adults, but you know, they take time. Yeah. Time sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, with my kids in with my pets, you know, they're all in yeah. one category. <laughs> Put them all in a kennel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the book you're going to be reading for us today? Sure thing. Um, so I brought it for show and tell. There it is. It's bitten by surprise. It's so pretty. I love, I love like, that cover. Yeah. I love the Thank cover. You. I love the Sorry. leg up, like the, the cartoon oh. leg. Like I just, oh. yeah. I really like that. I just thought it was really cute. And um, it kind of was inspired by like Sookie Stackhouse. And yeah. I thought, you know, they had the cartoonish kind of covers, but there was always something in the background that was a little bit showing that there's some dark to it too. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what I went with. But, um, but anyways, yeah, it's, it's a new series for me. It's brand new. And I'm writing the series that I always wanted to write, which is something with a vampire love interest. Um, I have always loved vampires um, way before Twilight. Like I, Lestat was my guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> that got oh, me into it. Lestat. Yes. So, you know, it, um, and when I started writing, Twilight was really hot and nobody wanted vampire stuff anymore because all the publishers were saturated with it because they all got greedy and went, give me, give me everything. And then yeah. half of it sucked, you know? So, <laughs> so I couldn't write that and I was sad. And then recently I'm like, well, I could write it now because you know, I can write it whatever I want to write. Right. So yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, do you have to give any context about like where you're starting? So I'm going to read the prologue, which is, okay. you know, decent. And um, it is so you'll find out a little about it, but it's basically a world where all the different supernatural creatures exist. The main character that we're in her um, viewpoint is she is a psychic, but not like me. Um, she actually has like <laughs> powers that she can do stuff in real life and, you know, um, <laughs> as well as getting like information from people. So and of course, it's like enemies to lovers because she hates vampires. So you'll find out more about that. But um, and then, of course, her boss ends up being a really hot vampire. But, Ooh. <laughs> so I told you oh. the important stuff, not about the plot, but, you know. The <laughs> yeah, I know. If you want the plot, you have to buy the book. That's just yeah, yeah. that's right. Damn it. Well, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to introduce the drinking words so that um, we're prepared. So uh, the drinking words are vampire. It says vampire or any version thereof. What, is right. That like well, you know, vamp? it depends how much you want to drink. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I might say vamp or something like that. Oh, and vampirism. Okay. I know. think I'm prepared. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Science and magic. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. I, so yeah. Start whenever you're to, ready. Make sure you guys had enough to drink. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'm a reader's on so because I'm old. Uh, 
Being psychic should have meant I'd learned to trust my intuition, but in my defense, I'd been preoccupied with excitement about the promising results I'd gotten overnight from the lab. So when I stopped at my usual coffee kiosk to grab an extra large double caramel latte and a blueberry scone for Lydia, I ignored the itchy feeling of someone watching and practically skipped the rest of the way to work. Good morning, Dr. DeVoe, my one employee said as I slipped inside the old house doubling as my laboratory. Lydia's eyes dropped to the bag holding her scone and I grinned. She refused to call me Char because she knew it bugged me for her to be so formal. So I magnanimously ignored it. Nothing was going to get me down, not when my life's work could be ready for actual testing on real live or unalive as the case may be subjects. Good morning, Lydia. Fuel for the day. You ready? I handed her the bag as she stood to greet me, her white lab coat hanging askew over her faux leather pants and crop top. I didn't have a dress coat. In fact, I thought her goth look was adorable, but the coat was part of the uh, general protection I insisted on. She'd been ready and waiting as always, and we entered the actual lab area. I take it you saw the results too, she asked, dark eyes shining in the blackened circle of eyeliner she wore. I may or may not have squeaked when I read the numbers. This could be it. I bounced a little, waggling my eyebrows. She was only a few years younger than me, and I was barely finished with my PhD, but she felt like a kid. She was my Watson, my Renfield, my Robin, and despite our aesthetic differences, she shared my belief that science and magic were siblings and not opposites. She waved me to the basement door made of heavy iron as a fade deterrent and pressed a hand to the smooth black pad beside it. It beeped and flashed green in response before popping the door open for us. The wards I'd paid to have installed fell with a whoosh as well. We hurried down the steps and I relaxed the instant I hit the bottom. This was home. This was my happy place surrounded by the whirring of machinery, the almost medicinal scent of cleanser, and the safety and security of shiny metal and flashing lights. A psychic born from a family of witches, I found technology and science as fascinating as regular humans found magic and spells. I'd inherited that from my father, and he was the reason I did what I did. The moment he'd left, exactly 18 years, seven months, and four days ago, I devoted my life to the search for a cure. If it had been available to him, he'd still be with us. He wouldn't have left for our own safety, and he could have continued his work with genetic cloning that he'd loved so much. Gulping some caffeine, I strode immediately to the glass enclosure holding the two physical samples of GDK5, the newest iteration of what would be the biggest discovery since the permanent portal spell that let us slip from place to place across the globe. Maybe this was bigger. Just imagining a world without vampires and werewolves sent my heart racing. Well, unless someone actually wanted to be one, I silently laughed at the thought. Hell, I'd give up the psychic thing if I could. It surfaced at the most inconvenient times, and I didn't love having the abilities. I'd been taught long ago by my parents not to let anyone know the true extent, lest I end up in a glass enclosure like my syringe and test tube. The obvious difference being that GDK5 was an inanimate subject and not a person. I tucked the stray auburn strand that always slid from my ponytail back behind my ear and tugged on my goggles and gloves. The results are undeniable. Across the room, Lydia squeaked and clicked at her keyboard as she continued. The simulations all show the elimination or suppression of the infected genes. Magical infections bonded to genes. So my goal was to find a way to pry them off and reset the DNA to its natural state. This was the fifth version of my vaccine and maybe the one I'd been waiting for. 
My professors had laughed at me, the ones aware of soups that I could actually talk to. They had all shaken their heads and told me my career was too promising to waste. It was like a rehearsed speech and had gotten to the point that I'd mouthed the words with them when they looked away. I just bided my time until graduation and kept my own lab secret and safe. We'd see who left when I was done. What's the next step, boss? Lydia asked. I'm going to run a few more simulations just to see what it would do for shifters, the ones who were infected, not born, I clarified. Then we write a proposal for Shade to get approval for testing. Shade was the unfortunately named Supernatural Handling Agency Equity Division, and the closest thing Soups had to a governing body. And they were shady, but at least they existed. A couple hundred years ago, things had been a bigger mess. Bureaucracy was bureaucracy, but it created some protection, I supposed. I can't wait to test it, Lydia said. Her enthusiasm made me grin right before she screamed. I spun to find my assistant, my friend, lifted off the ground. Doc Martin scrabbling for purchase as a large man held her clasped before him, muscled arm pressed against her diaphragm, squeezing the air from her lungs as her screams turned to hoarse gasps for air. His skin glowed softly beneath the lab's lights, a sickly tinge to the otherwise dark hue. Even without things extended an inch from Lydia's neck, I'd known he was a vampire by the lack of aura around him. Dead didn't have auras. But it wasn't just him intruding on my sacred space. He had a friend, slightly shorter and just as muscled with pure white hair that stood out at all angles. And that friend smiled at me, fangs also extended. I knew that look. It said, I'm going to play with my food. And I was the food. My heart rate sped up as I pushed back the flashes of the attack I'd witnessed at the age of nine. Fangs glinting like silver, blood running so fast and thick it looked like shadow instead of red, the coppery smell in the air. What do you want? I asked, glancing back and forth between them. If they'd only wanted a meal, they wouldn't be hesitating. I squeezed the edge of the counter to prevent myself from shaking and to stay in the here and now. White hair laughed, mimicking my words as he took a few steps closer. I tensed, glancing at Lydia, who'd gone quiet as tears streamed down her face, smearing her black makeup. The asshole who held her darted his tongue out and licked the skin of her throat. What do you want? I repeated, voice stronger than I expected. That stopped Whitehair's progression. He narrowed his eyes at me and hissed. I swallowed but remained as impassive as possible. I want your research, doctor. I believe what you're doing is quite valuable, noble even. A breathy laugh escaped my lips. <laughs> Something tells me you could care less about noble intentions. Maybe it's the way your buddy is hurting my friend. Whitehair glanced over at the other, and after what he, whatever he communicated non-verbally, Lydia's attacker released her, letting her fall to the floor where she scooted back into her workstation. Thank you, I said. I believed in rewarding good behavior. See, doctor? I don't want to hurt either of you. Just give me your research and come with me willingly. Come with you, I repeated. I had a tendency to do that when at a loss. Sometimes it worked to my advantage. I will fund your research. You will have everything you could desire, equipment, facilities, monetary compensation. White hair spread out a hand like he was showing a buffet of wonders. Funding like that means skewing my research and I'm not doing that. It's why I work alone. How did you find out about what I'm doing anyway? I asked, suddenly realizing what this meant. I kept everything as under wraps as I could since asking my professors and mentors for help even on the most general principles, had only alienated them further. Safer for all involved, obviously. Science is science. We both get what we want if you cooperate. 
he said, ignoring my question. If you don't? He trailed off and glanced at his friend who stepped closer to Lydia and leaned over her menacingly. Stop, I said. Tell him to back off and we can talk. Why would I do that? White hair grinned again, making me shudder and look away. I couldn't get lost in the past right then. I had to focus on getting us out of this impossible situation. I don't want to talk. I want you to do what I say. I hesitated too long, trying to think. There was always a solution, always a way out of impossible situations. It was a truth I built my life on. But the magic answer didn't show itself, and the vamps I dealt with had no patience, despite living however many years they had. When I didn't respond fast enough, White Hair nodded, and his friend snatched up Lydia with the super speed of his kind, sinking his fangs into her neck and ripping out a chunk of flesh as I watched. No! I screamed the word, throwing out a hand automatically. Beside me, the glass case opened and the syringe shot out across the room, sticking in the giant vamp's neck like a dart and the solution of NDK5 emptied into his body. Whitehair's eyes rounded like saucers and he stared at me for a beat too long, then whipped around to his friend, who once again dropped Lydia to the floor, where she pressed a hand to her gushing wound. We all watched, stunned as the vamp stumbled, yanked the empty syringe from his neck and stared at it. What I saw was likely very different from what the others did, as green light engulfed his body, then subsided, and an aura of pure black spread from his neck to the rest of him. His skin warmed in color, and his eyes changed from the entrancing vividness of a vampire to the dull brown of an ordinary man. His fangs retracted. My breath caught. It had worked. He was human again. Then the black aura constricted, and the paleness returned to his features. His face sunk in on itself like nothing existed between skin and bone, and the rest of his body followed suit. He fell back, panic in his bulging eyes as he disintegrated into a steaming pile of fine gray dust on the floor. Lydia screamed, scooting away and still grasping at her wound. White hair spun back toward me, eyes alight with unmistakable wonder and excitement. I didn't hesitate. I reached toward my purse, which I'd tossed aside in the corner of the room, and a wooden stake flew into my palm along with a small bubble charm the size of a pea. I'd carried them with me, the same as I'd carried mace since going to college, just in case. White hair zoomed forward so fast my own hair flew around in the ensuing cyclone, but I'd already squeezed the tiny pearlescent charm, breaking it open. It was my mother's making, a time watcher spell. His super speed couldn't stop me from watching his every move and making my own in response. To my surprise, he hadn't come for me. He'd gone for the other vial in the case, my only remaining physical specimen of my work. And although it had killed his friend, the closest I'd come to curing the disease of vampirism. It was already in his hand by the time it registered, and he turned to look at me, his visage shivering in and out of focus as the spell worked. Until we meet again, doctor. He nodded, bashed a stony fist into the equipment at his side, and pulled out a charm of his own from his pocket. The sphere glowed such a bright neon orange that I squinted in response. No, 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 no. A fireball. That shit burned through anything in its way. I screamed as my data went up in flames, flinging myself toward a disaster I could do nothing about. I lacked my mother's and sister's magic, and the best I could do was use my telekinesis to call a fire extinguisher, but it wouldn't work on magic flames. My brain finally kicked in, and I spun to grab Lydia and get her out of there. All that was left was the pile of smoking ash that had been a vamp, an empty syringe, and a garnet smear of too much blood. He'd taken Lydia and GDK5, and I was left with runes. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That was really good. Like, you have a very good way of, like... Like, I could picture it like a movie in my head. Yeah. You know? Your details yeah. are, like, good, and it seems like an easy read at the same time, but, like, with good detail. Yeah, it's, Thank like, you. enough detail. It's not, like, so much where I'm having to, like, remember things. You know, like, it's, it's enough detail to make the picture and not Tolkien-esque. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I, I write shorter. I don't write long. Like a lot of people write really huge books and then have to edit it down. I'm mm-hmm. the opposite. Like I write short and then have to fill in sometimes. But I purposely made these shorter reads because I want to put them out more often. Um, my goal is to put one out every two and a half months so that it's like quicker for the readers. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> nice. We'll see how I do with that. But <laughs> <laughs> that, it's a good goal. It's It's a lot. <laughs> It is a lot. I might be crazy, but, you know, I like to test myself. So, <laughs> Okay, you said you write shorter. So I, I ask everyone, are you a, was it plan, pantser or plotter? Or plotter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I call myself a pantser. Um, I have tried plotting and it actually makes it much harder for me. And it's it's more of a slog to write. Um, I love the discovery of the first draft, the feeling that it's almost like magic, you know, Um, and I have I have an acting background, which I think helps because I kind of get into the character's head. And while I'm writing, I see it like a movie like you described, you know, in hearing it. So that made me feel good because it's like I'm trying to portray whatever I'm watching, you know, in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I do a little bit of things like 
if I'm able, I'll do a beat sheet. You guys know Save the Cat and that kind of, mm -hmm. so I'll do like a beat sheet, something very simple, right? Or I'll write the um, tentative back cover copy, which probably will change, but that gives you an idea kind of where you're going. So I try to do that. I don't always succeed. <laughs> <laughs> you said you did acting um, and writing, obviously. Um, have you ever considered doing screenplay writing? Um, a lot of people have asked me that, and I know screenplay writers, um, and it's just not my thing. I, I don't know. I like novels. Um, I, I did consider it at one point, um, actually, one of my short stories was almost optioned, and part of that deal would have been to co-write the script, which was really exciting. But the truth is, I think, I just like, I like the internal monologue, and you can't do that in a screenplay. You know, yeah, that's true. I like knowing what the character's feeling and thinking and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's important. And I don't know, it's it's a little too structural for me. I don't like to be too pendant, <laughs> so to speak. So, yeah. um, so you're planning on releasing these smaller books every two and a half months. Again, insane. Um, and you've been doing this for about a decade. So like how long on average does it take you to write a book? Good question. So it really varies. Um, it, when I first started, I was worried I wouldn't be able to write an entire novel because I'd written short stories and poems for most of my life with the yeah. intention of always eventually writing, you know, being a real <laughs> writer, quote unquote. Um, so I forced myself to write a novel. And as soon as I did that, which will never see the light of day, by the way, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> it was also middle grade. So, you know, um, I don't know. But anyways, but as soon as I did that and proved to myself, well, I can actually do this. It was like the floodgates opened and I like vomited out my hands. <laughs> that sounds terrible. We're drinking, but um, <laughs> you know. I can still drink to it. Yeah. That's good. I got my coffee and my writer's tears. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I love that it's called writer's tears. It, yeah. It's, one of my writers gave it to me as the gift and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Cause I had it, you know, but um, yeah. So I, but if I really want to write something, I can do a draft in a couple of weeks. Um, okay. You know, um, now that's not necessarily with the editing, obviously, but um, it's, yeah, I can, I can get it down pretty quickly. So like, um, like, do you have a, like a certain routine to get you into writing? Like, do you set time aside? Do you have to, um, have a quiet room? Do you have to have chaos going on to get you going? Like everyone's different. So what's your thing? It is. Um, so here's the, the killer is that I would love my own space. And that's something that's very important to me. But right now, <laughs> right now I'm in the bedroom, but I have been relegated to the middle of the family room with the bunnies and the bird. With oh, no door. No. <laughs> yes. That's where I've been working, where my desk is set up. Because my oldest came home from after college. Um, I thought, oh, they'd move on, get a job. No, they're in the room, which was my <laughs> office. And so now I'm back there. And um, they just come in and out to interrupt me at any moment. No thought of, oh, mom's working. You know, just, just sometimes I'm just wondering to sit there and stare at you. And you're like, can I help you with something? <laughs> 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 but the thing is, I do. I try to. 
make a schedule at the beginning of the week. This is what I'm working on. This is what I'm going to work on these days. And if it's really bad and I can't do anything here, I will pick everything up because I have a laptop and I will go to, you know, Barnes and Noble in the coffee shop and sit there and write. That's so bad when like being in a public space is more quiet and like <laughs> you're out left alone longer than being at home. Nobody else is talking to me. They're just talking around me. So it's a little different, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And then I noticed recently I got back into listening to music while I write and I wasn't doing that for a long time. And that really helps. Like I write so much faster for some reason when there's music playing. I don't know what that is, but. Well, I mean, we've had like authors on that have that like make playlists of, that are in the spiel of what they're writing to listen to while they're writing it, you know? Yes. And and I used to do that and I did it with this book. Um, well, actually the second book, I guess I started it, but um, all I did was I went to Spotify and I had it play the vampire playlist that was already there and I picked <laughs> and chose the ones that I liked. So I kind of, that's how I started my playlist, honestly, but it works, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you can find, you know, inspiration anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> right. And like I said, it's different, but also everyone has their own thing. So like, it's the same, but different. It's true. And nobody should ever be shamed for their process because whatever Absolutely works. Absolutely not. Works. Everyone works their own way. And mm -hmm. I always say like, dude, you wrote a book. Like, who cares how you did it? You wrote a book. That's cool. <laughs> like, what? I didn't write a book. I didn't oh. like. <laughs> no, you're you're right. And I see that on social media all the time. And I always like, oh, my God. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> so whatever. It's OK. Um, What what really motivated you? You said you started, I'm assuming you've been writing for a long, long time, like obviously longer than you've been a published author. That's so right, what yeah. really made that like leap for you into finally um, publishing? Well, um, so, okay. So it helped when I looked at it like a business. Um, like I said, most of my life, it was always in the back of my mind, like, I'm going to do this. And then someday I'm going to be a writer. And then someday I'm going to be a writer, like it's in the future somewhere. Yeah. And um, I wrote, like I said, a lot of short stories. And I didn't understand at the time, like how things worked. Right. So I had gotten to the point where I was communicating with an editor in a magazine who was like giving me personal feedback and trying to help me write. And then I just stopped. I'm like, oh, I'll do it later. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. So, um, so then fast forward, my oldest was about 10 years old. The youngest was started school. Not the youngest, but not my middle one now. There's a big gap between my second <laughs> yeah. and my third. So, you know, so my kids were in school and I was thinking about trying to get a job and I hated it. Like I hated sending out resumes. It made me antsy. Like I didn't want to do it. And nobody was calling me anyway. Like nobody wanted a yeah. mom who was a volunteer for 10 years. You know, they don't call you. Yeah. So yeah. I suddenly occurred to me, I'm like, well, if I'm getting rejected anyway, why don't I do what I like doing? <laughs> so that's when I tried writing and looking at it. I said, I'm going to treat this like a full-time job. I'm going to sit down with my computer when my kids are at school. I'm going to spend X amount of time writing to see if I can write my novel and I'm going to run, spend the rest of the time learning about the business of writing, like how to revise. Yeah. Like I'm so anti-revision, which is hysterical because I'm an editor now, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's like, you know, how it works. You, you evolve over time. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I almost got a master's worth of stuff online because I just went down the rabbit hole, but writers yeah. do that, you know? Yeah. 
and it was great. And, and people were so supportive, all the other authors out there. That is something that's amazing. You know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah a the community's big. Yeah. And, and it's awesome. Um, I remember I was like over the moon because Holly Black tweeted back at me during something on <laughs> oh Twitter. Like, this was years ago when Twitter was popular, you know? Yeah, <laughs> when it was good. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, Holly Black tweeted me. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? Was it like after she wrote Cruel Prince or Wicked I think so. King? It was or... right around then, actually. Yeah, oh, wow. it was really cool. She was doing, there was one of those chats. We used to do Twitter chats all the time. It was like YA lit chat or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was participating and she said something and I answered and she tweeted back at me and I was like, oh my God, you know, it was, it's awesome that people give back, you know, at all levels. So yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> Okay, so you got a retweet from Holly Black. Is there any yes. other like famous authors that you've actually met or talked to? Oh yeah, and it's awesome. Um, and, and most of it again is from when I was in the YA stuff. Um, so like Ellen Hopkins, I'm friends with her on Facebook, but I know her. I've met her in person, and it was so funny because every time I met her, I'd be like, "Oh, you probably don't remember me." She's like, "Stop it!" <laughs> <You know? laughs> of course I do. <laughs> yeah. So, and, um, oh God, oh, my favorite, my, my hero is Libba Bray. Um, do you guys know Libba Bray? Yeah. No, she, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. You have to, she, like her personality is just incredible and she's an incredible writer. Um, she writes mostly YA. So that's probably mm -hmm. why. But um, I, she was speaking at some event and I told her, you're my hero. So she wrote in the book, I'll be your hero if I can have a cape. And so we, from then on, had this relationship where I would go to a speaking thing for her or a signing. Like, I went to, I think it was an SCBWI conference, and she was doing um, her breakout session, but I had my, like, I had paid for an editing, you know, on my manuscript or something. And I yeah. literally looked at the woman there who was also famous, and I was like, I'm missing Luba Bray for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Um, but she was so funny, and she would, like, come... I was part of this group of um, authors who, who did like, a, I don't know, we had a blog back in the days when blogs were big. And um, <laughs> I was sitting next to my friend, Cindy Pond, who's also a pretty big YA author and is wonderful. And I'm sitting there gushing about Libba, which I felt really stupid later. But then Libba was standing behind us at the buffet and I turned around and she goes, I hear you're a diva. And then we started talking. It was awesome. I mean, it was just the best <laughs> moment. So she signed the book to the diva and, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, it just went on. So like when I had a kid, she would like hold the kid at the signing. And yeah, so it, was, it just became like a thing. Yeah. So I guess I'm her stalker. I don't know. But <laughs> Whatever. I haven't done that in years. But <laughs> no, but it sounds like, yeah, like there. I mean, I feel like having a community like that must be like motivating as well. Because it's Absolutely. like, yeah, writers helping writers a lot. I see on book talk. Author Very talk. Much. And I try to do that. I try to give back to people starting out, you know, um, too. So it's it's like a chain, you know. Well, speaking of which, we always like to ask, what advice would you give to inspiring writers? Um, that's such a catch all because it can vary depending on the situation. But one thing that I actually, again, talking about Libba Bray, I got from her, which was write what scares you. Um, that actually meant a lot to me. 
And it made me challenge myself and continue to challenge myself to do things out of my comfort zone um, and allow both the subject matter to be darker, maybe, right? And also the style of writing and the technique to be different. So that was how I took that, you know? Um, And I think it's really helped me grow as a writer. So I would definitely say that to someone else. Um, The other big thing is perseverance because, man, like, I, they, they call us dinosaurs that have been around for so long. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people end up giving up and it's so sad because, um, yeah, it's true. Not everybody can do it, but it depends what your goals are. You know, if you're just doing it to be a best-selling author, okay, maybe, maybe you're not going to get there. I don't know, but maybe you will. And it'll never happen if you don't try. There's, there's a 0% possibility. So yeah keep doing it. If it's what you, what drives you and you need to write, then do it, you know? So that's my two cents. <laughs> you said that you've been in mostly like small traditional publishing before you did independent. Um, do you have any advice about how to get into that? Cause I know a lot of people have problems doing that step though. I mean, mm. I prefer indie authors than traditional publishing. Um, but I know there's some people that are going to ask, that's okay. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've seen both sides. And now that I'm on the editing side at, at my house, it's, it's very interesting, you know, learn different things. The thing I love about that house is that they're very transparent and it was started by authors for authors. So I felt comfortable with it. Like, I don't think mm. if, if like Harper Collins called me and offered me a job, I would not take it. Just yeah. because I wouldn't, I'd be like, nah, I'd rather write, you know. Well, they had a <laughs> problem recently, right? Like, weren't they on strike? Like, their editors they and did. I, I picked them. Uh, it was a poor choice of my, in my part. To <laughs> <example>. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, just in general, like. But yes, they did, and and I think, you know, I mean, I've seen it. I've had two agents. Um, we split amicably, but. For me, I mean, everybody's different, but for me, it's like everything I ever got, I pretty much started it on my own. Yes, they're really good at, you know, negotiating and some agents are great, but some agents aren't. And it's almost like a crapshoot, you know, and that's yeah. scary to me. And and it's also disheartening to keep getting rejections. You know, I get yeah. that. You know, it hurts me when I have to reject somebody, but I try to be nice about it, you know, um, but it's you know, just keep, keep trying, uh, figure out how to do a query letter. That's really important. Make sure. Okay. Like the biggest thing I see is people not doing any research whatsoever on who they're sending it to. So like, I will get queries from people who that say, um, I'm looking for representation for my novel. And I'm like, I'm an editor, not an agent. I'm not going to represent you. I'm going to publish you, you know? Yeah. So be careful. It's just a little tweak in your letter, you know, <laughs> can make yeah. a big difference. <laughs> it's um, just the wording. Like you need, like same with yeah. resumes, right? You have to think about how you're going to, yes. um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it goes a long way. And I mean, like I can't publish YA at my house and yet I get hundreds of YA queries. Aww. I'm like, it it could be the best book in the world. I can't help you, you know, (laughs) So look at the the person that you're querying, make sure you do the research. What do they take? What are they looking for? That kind of stuff. So that's, that's what I would say. Um, And then you never know. I mean, that's, that's it. The other thing is really do your homework about what house you're signing with. 
because mm -hmm. I've been with small presses that are amazing and I've been with small presses that are really problematic and I would never go back to. Do you have small press red flags? Like, Ooh, yes. <laughs> that's a really good question. And yeah, let me, let me think there's, um, <laughs> so the red flag that I should have noticed with the one in particular that I'm thinking of that I'm not going to name, um, <laughs> is that, yep. uh, that when they sent me the contract and I went back and said, could you possibly reword this and this and this instead of saying, well, um, I can do this part, but not this part, or we reason we can't do that is blah, blah, blah. The answer was no, sign it or don't. And uh, that's a red flag. Yeah. Red yeah. Flag. No negotiation, because red flag. No negotiation. You need, they should negotiate. There should be negotiation. Now, some things can't be negotiable. I've also seen authors who go way overboard um, trying to change the, the contract. And it's like, no, that's a standard in all contracts. Like if you were to look at author, con that's in all of them. Like you, there's nothing we can do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, but do, so do your homework, you know? And if you're worried, get somebody uh, professional to look at it. A lawyer who does contracts, you know, whatever it is, an agent. So that's a big red flag. So listen to that, all you indie authors out there. And of course, as the psychic, I say, follow your gut, your intuition. If something <laughs> feels not right, it may probably isn't right. I, I definitely believe in intuition. I think everyone gets that feeling, you know, like, you know, when something. It's you, vibes. Are yeah, the vibes absolutely. good? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. Um, um, and, and also see if your vision matches with the editor's vision. Like I might want to do something with your manuscript that is like, makes you go, ah, you know, tell me because maybe we don't mesh, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So see how that works out too. Like talk to them. Don't be what afraid. What would you say is the hardest thing about being an author? Um, oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the time. <laughs> I know that's a weird answer, but time, because it's, even though I'm standing here going, I'm going to put out a book every two and a half months, the whole process, the whole timeline for everything just feels slow. And mm -hmm. like, like, it'll be, you know, June 15th is when my book comes out officially. And that day I'm going to be all, oh my God, my book's coming out, but there won't be much to do. Like I'm going to do some social media, but I'm going to sit there all day going, now what? Now what? You know, refresh. You're just like whatever. watching but, like your Amazon, like, does it go up? Does it go down? Like how many right. reviews do you yeah. get? Like, right. Like how often does Amazon update the numbers? You know, <laughs> refresh, refresh, refresh. Right. Exactly. So to me, that's difficult. I have patience issues and, um, <laughs> But I've learned, I mean, like I said, it's been, I don't know, 13 years since I started doing this. So it's like, I've learned, but there's still those times when you're like, come on, I really want to get feedback. You know, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Do you find like, like, especially having going to be releasing a book so, uh, so often um, for marketing, what kind of like, what, what, what's been your, what have you done marketing wise, social <laughs> media, that kind of stuff is our favorite <laughs> social media. Yeah, so I've discovered that I really like TikTok. <laughs> that's my favorite. We get right that now. a lot. Yeah, that's been yeah, the go sure. well, That's where we authors. find our authors for this show, right? Yeah, ninety. That's how I found you. So you yeah. know, I mean, yeah, it's it is, and but I really feel like it's it's more genuine. Like you can really get a, a snapshot of who the person is. 
And um, I think that it's just, I don't know, there's something very um, natural about it. You know, I've never been good at Instagram. I'm trying so hard and I really am. And I'm, and I'm building it slowly, but I, that's never like pictures is not my thing, I guess. But I could sit here and talk to you guys all day. So yeah, that kind of thing is fine. Um, and, you know, I don't care if I look like an idiot or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. So. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of either. like we literally record ourselves getting drunk every week. That's, yeah, <laughs> no shame. My nope. husband, I told my husband I'm going on here, and I said, and I, he's like, "Oh, that's cool." I said, "Yeah, it's called the Opinionated Lushes," and he goes, "Why isn't that your podcast?" And I was like, "I don't know whether to hit him or hug him." So, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, <laughs> sorry." He called you a lush. Yeah, yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> Um, do you have ARC teams, beta readers, alpha readers, anything like that? I do. Um, I, I always believe somebody else's eyes have to be on the manuscript. So, um, my particular beta readers are other authors and editors that I have known for a long time and we trust each other and kind of send mm -hmm. each other the books. Um, but I also have an ARC team, which I have been building and I have, we have our own discord channel that I set up. Um, and it's called Lizzie's Lair, just like my Facebook group. And I have Gail's groupies, which I don't know if they like that or not. But <laughs> um, but I try to do like fun stuff for them and just peek in and give them sneak peeks, do contests, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a lot of fun. I really like it. There is a sign up on my link tree if anybody's interested in signing up. Um, and then I am trying for the first time with this book, I'm trying the PR boxes. So I'm okay. putting them together now. They're a lot harder to like all put together because I'm doing 50 of them. So, oh wow. Um, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I might be crazy, but I got to try everything at least once. So I feel like you just think big. You just like, ah, you know, this I is do. Just like I a bit of a home, right? Like, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite sayings is, and, and I'm going to screw it up too, but um, if you shoot, shoot for the moon, because if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Yeah. Oh, I so, love that thing. So, yeah. yeah I've, I've received a few PR boxes um, yeah. and they're all different. Every yeah. single one there is, they are unique. And I love when they um, fit with the book. Mm -hmm. That is just, and they get like really creative. Yeah. I love it. I love PR well, I'm boxes. Hoping, I'm hoping that that's how mine are going to be, that they're going to get the relationship. Once you read the book, you'll see why I put different things in there, you know. So, like inside and, jokes, but it's like inside. Yeah. Inside. <laughs> yeah. So like I have, I'm putting in a bath bomb that smells like Julian, the vampire, the main character. And it says Julian's bath bomb. And um, <laughs> there's you know, stuff like that. So That's so <laughs> creative, though. That's so creative, though. We should oh, make an opinionated you. Luscious bath bomb. What do we smell That'd like, Don? Cool. I don't know. Whiskey. Yeah. Alcohol. Absolutely. Yeah. Rosé wine. Like, whatever. There you go. <laughs> like sparkling champagne. That's a scent, isn't it? Probably. Mimosa. It is. Yeah. It is. When I was looking for bergamot, which was much harder to find than I expected, I, I would have written it differently in the book. Um, <laughs> it was, I saw lots of champagne ones and roses and stuff like that. But of course, you know, I don't know how I'd feel about the guy smelling like roses. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, you need more of a woodsy, like, manly yeah. son, I guess. <laughs> Masculine, whatever. Um, you, you, you say, like, you work as a psychic as well? Um, do you find, I mean, we, you read thus the prologue and she's psychic, but like, do you use that a lot in your books? Do you find? No, actually, this is the first time really, um, that I can think of. I, um, sometimes I'll put a little bit of spirituality in it, like in a, like in a theme or something, but not like a direct, like wham. But the only reason I did that, I had some people like bug me about it. They're like, why don't you write a book about a psychic? And I'm like, okay, but you have to understand my books aren't about me at all. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. in there. I'm not the character. And as you saw, I'm like, I don't have telekinesis. I can't shoot a a, thing (laughs) at a vampire, but I mean, that'd be super cool. Well, now I'm disappointed. I thought fair. this was a non-fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my interview's over now. I'm just gonna oh, ruin my telekinesis again. But um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I mean, there's some things like she can see auras, and I see auras, and I put the same kind of like when she talks about what the colors mean to her. That's what they mean to me. So, yeah. What that's art do I, I have? <laughs> I don't know if you can see it through like my blue. Like I'm actually it's blue. Like woman, do you it's, not see your yeah. background? <laughs> I know, and, and it's easier to see against a lighter background. But I will tell you because I've done this for a while. Um, oh. Yours is is actually um, there's some white, there's some purple, and there's some green in yours. And um, what I would say is that you actually have some spiritual connection. That means to me um, that you actually are quite sensitive. Um, and you probably, you, I'm going to guess you've had experiences before, but maybe you kind of talk, talk them away, you know, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, no, I would kind of agree with that one actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a surprise that I got it right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, maybe I am psychic. Like, no. <laughs> and I do that. Purple is one of my favorite colors. So when you mentioned purple, I was like, ah. Ah, I like purple that. Purple is associated, that. like if you do chakras, purple is associated like third eye area. So that's okay. like sight and, and intuition and understanding things kind of. Um, okay. So yeah. So that's how I equate them. Different people see different colors and they can mean something different to each person that's reading it. But mine okay. associate with the chakras and like to the point now where it's like specific shades mean specific things, you know, so. Oh, that's cool. That's not just like one straight, like purple means one thing, but it's like different shades. Like if a lavender were deep purple, like a royal purple would mean definitely different things. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like with anything, it's probably a skill you have to practice and then oh, you yeah. get good yes. at it and you can hone in onto the details, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And the more you do it, the better you get, you know, that kind of thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that reading, and I'm not even done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and before we uh, finish out, I do, ha- I do have a question I always ask Dawn. Dawn, did you I knew write coming, today? Like, I was waiting for it. Like, <laughs> you were asking, I was like, oh, shit, she's going to ask me. And then you didn't. I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to get away with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I did not write today. Um. <laughs> See, I normally write, but like Caleb's been home, my son, my youngest. Um, he's ASD. He's six. He's a handful. Um, 
today, my dear son, who's nonverbal, also said, holy shit to me. And I was like, good for him. Mom. And it was clear as day. He was like, holy shit. And I was like, hey, yeah, you, you know, that's that. words. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I'm also an ASD mom, so we cheer for the randomest things. But <laughs> yeah. hey. Like I said, bars on the floor. My parenting. <laughs> Definitely different from my first. Um, I'm just like, I will accept anything at this uh, point. Like, okay, so you know awesome. what? You know what? Caleb gave you the pass. I'm yes. gonna forget that you didn't write today. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just remember, remember, don't give up, keep persevering. So, okay. I am trying. It's it's not as easy as everyone likes. To, like, I thought it was gonna be easy. You know, I read a lot. <laughs> That was another thing. Another thing why I didn't write recently is because a couple of the books I was anticipating for like a whole year just came out and I was all like, no, no, I need to read. I need to, you know, and then they came out and now I'm like, oh, I'm in a book hangover. I can't write in a book oh. hangover. That's just a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm fixated on this book I just read. And I mean, fixated. This was an intense read. Worlds upon worlds attaching to each other. And I'm like, trying to play detective it's just now i can't write because i'm all like trying to figure oh. this out <laughs> gonna empty your brain get drunk I yeah <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> i love that drink what's in there that's what i want to know um, it is spiked apple cider um it's Ooh. from black fly i don't know if you guys get that there uh i'm in canada and our oh. local um alcohol store lcbo um they carry like you know like you guys have, but um, Coolers yeah, it's called. Stuff, yeah. yeah, it's a but it's like in a box with like a tap, and I can just press it in my oh, fridge, cool. and I just like put the cup under, and I'm just like, yeah, it's like boxed wine, but the yeah. coolers like yeah, mixed that's drinks neat. and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's rum. <laughs> I think it's rum that's mixed in with the apple cider. I like Black is normally like vodka or tequila. But this one's rum. <laughs> They're branching out. They are. Yes. Uh, so, Lizzie, if you want to plug in anything, your socials, we have your website scrolling in the video, but anything you oh, want to yeah. plug, this is your opportunity to do so. Okay. Um, well, you can find any of my social media links and stuff in my link tree. So it's link tree slash Lizzie Gale. It's really easy. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty much it. Um, and then, you know, you can hunt me down there just about anywhere. Um, like I said, I, you know, I have a Facebook group. I have Instagram. I TikTok is what I spend more time on, but you know, I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but um, I have my website, got, you know, Amazon author page, Goodreads, BookBub, the whole thing. So trying to All go of it under now. Lizzie Gale. Under Lizzie Gale, which is my pen name. My YA stuff is not under that name, so you're not going to find it. Um, <laughs> though there is a link if you look for it on my website, so you can go hunt it down if you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect well thank you so much for coming on this was thank awesome me. It, it, it was, was a pleasure really having you honestly it was great i loved it thank you thank you so much no it was wonderful it was so much fun i love you guys <laughs> i love you too love you. <laughs> one of us one Bye. of us Bye. <laughs> Okay, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure to check out all of Lizzie Gale's stuff. All the links will be in the description below. Uh, and we will see you next week with another author.
Bye. Good night. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episodes Saturday on YouTube. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. See you next week. Don't forget your drinks. And your opinions. 